Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34 is where we're going to spend our time this morning. It was a year or so better ago um, that Josiah came home with a Bible verse from upward. The Bible verse was Psalm 56, verse 3. When I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you. We briefly discussed that verse that night and then took the little card that it was and the magnet and stuck it on the fridge and we went on, not knowing that the next day we would need that verse magnetized upon our hearts. As Emily's dad had gone in for a scope checkup, things did not go as planned and before we knew it, we were back for another emergency surgery and things were serious. I remember being there in the waiting room that day and just continually every few moments fear, worry, anxiety about where does this lead? What happens? What if this doesn't get better? And the verse would call up, when I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you. That verse has kind of stayed with our family since that time and as we've walked through different stages of life. And this past Thursday, we were on our way to Glasgow and it came up again. We had spent a little time, we were on the way, Emily was headed there to likely get another injection shot in her eye and for some of the vision issues she's been dealing with. And so the boys took a little time to pray for mommy and then I prayed for mommy and then I said, Em, why why don't you pray? And a couple verses into her prayer, it came. When I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you. This morning, Jesus is going to call us in the midst of worry, anxiety, and fear to put our trust in God. Three times here in Matthew chapter 6, he's going to tell us or tell you, tell me, to not be anxious. Verse 25, he says, do not be anxious about your life. Verse 31, he says further, therefore, do not be anxious. We hear it again in verse 34, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. I think all of us here, if we're being honest, we struggle with anxiety. We struggle with worry. We struggle with fear. Right? It has different labels for different family and different people, but we all battle anxiety, worry, and fear. I think deep down, if I'm being honest, I struggle with it because sometimes I just wonder, am I really important? Like, little old me right here in Greensburg, Kentucky. Like, I mean, do I, how significant am I? And like, why is God worried about me? Like, I mean, just sometimes I just start to worry and fear. And sometimes I think we even begin to deal with this issue. I wonder, like... It, is God good? Like, if he's good, then why am I dealing with this? Like, why hasn't it already been, like, gone away already, right? I mean, you just maybe deal with some of that. But there's hope. There's truth. There's a way in which you and I can wage war on the worry and anxiety and fear that may be rocking your soul this morning. And it's the truth of Psalm 56 and 3. It's our, it's our big idea today. If you're trying to say, what should I take home with me? I want you to write this verse across, scroll it across your heart and your mind. When I'm afraid, I will put my trust, what? In you. Today, we're going to hear Jesus talk about anxiety and the things that sometimes maybe make us anxious and worry and fear and how they can come into our lives. We're going to see first that anxiety feeds on a lie, right? The lie is, is that maybe I'm not that valuable. And anxiety also feeds on this lie to make us believe that maybe God's not good. And then I think it brings up a further question that's raised by this text. Is there any way that I can actually know that I'm valuable? Is there any way to have like a definitive answer that God is good? And then let's hear Jesus as he closes out this part of the sermon to show us what does it look like to live a life that is not ruled by anxiety, worry, and fear. So let's begin here. Right here, the first one. Anxiety feeds on the lie that we are not valuable. 
Anxiety feeds us this lie that says, hey, listen, you're not valuable. Listen to what Jesus says. Beginning in verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious. So again, the first time here, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? This word here, anxiety, right? It indicates, some translations render it worry, right? It says, do not worry, right? It's an underlying, indicates some type of underlying fear or concern about what may or may not take place, right? There's a fear, a worry you probably have today about something you're afraid is going to happen or something you're worried may not happen. But notice what else he says, right? Again, hopefully in the time that we have spent together as a church, I hopefully I hope and pray that when you saw the word therefore, you thought, hey, listen, Jesus is probably building upon something he just said. And if you were with us about three weeks ago, we walked through the text here in Matthew 6, 19 to 24, and we heard Jesus saying statements like, listen, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures where? In heaven, right? And he kind of dealt with that. Where your, where, your, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus is writing to us, and, or Matthew's writing to us, and Jesus is speaking to his disciples to say, listen, guys, leverage your life not for this world, but for the kingdom of heaven. And the fear they had to have is, because, listen, they live in a society and a culture that was different than ours, right? There's not food in the fridge. There's not pantry stock, right? There's not unlimited financial resources like so many of us in America have, so to speak. They live day to day. And Jesus says to those guys, listen, I want you to live for the kingdom of heaven and not the kingdom of this earth. And they have to be thinking, Lord, if we live this way, how are we going to eat? How are we going to drink? How am I going to clothe my family? How am I going, right? Lord, like, how can I do, like, how can I live for your kingdom and still, right, not have to, like, meet all of my needs? And I think it's, it's in this moment, right, the tension kind of creates, doesn't it? It's a tension about what is unknown. There's a tension you probably have about things right now in your life that are out of your control. And when those tensions arise, guess what starts to poke its head out? Fear, worry, anxiety. So Jesus says, he's building upon this, therefore, right? He's telling them, listen, because I want you to live this way, I want to assure you of something. I want, to, I want to leave your fears and your worries. And I think he gives us two specific examples about why we can recognize that we are valuable and why we can leverage our lives for the kingdom. The first is he shows us that we are more valuable than other creatures. Listen to what he says, verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. So this is the first example we have, right? The birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? You know, birds of the air are seemingly insignificant to so many, right? To bird watchers out there, right? No offense, right? Don't, don't send me hate mail, right? We've got two birdhouses we're hoping to put up this week. But nonetheless, right, let's, let's be honest, they seem somewhat insignificant. And Jesus says, listen, these guys, they, they, don't, they don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather into barns, right? Sowing, reaping, gathering all have financial type of implications, right, of treasures of this world. He's building upon, again, what he's just said. And he's saying, listen, guys, I want you to know the reason why they don't have to do these things. And the reason why they don't have to live worrying every day about what they're going to eat, why the birds don't have to have barns and big storehouses and all that. Listen to what he says. And yet, your heavenly Father does what? What's he do? He feeds them. He says, I want you to know that every bird of the air that finds that worm, God's feeding them. 
Every bird of the air, that berry that they go and pick, right? God's feeding them. I want you to know today that even the feed that may be in your feeder that's feeding the birds, it's ultimately God that is feeding them and He's using you to do so. Now listen, this doesn't mean, right, Jesus is saying to us, He's not saying to us that we shouldn't work or that we should all be like baby birds and just say, somebody feed me, right? Rather relying upon the government or whether relying upon our family, right? I mean, just whomever to feed us. That's not what Jesus is saying here. Why? Because the birds do go out, they fly, they search, right? They look, right? They're strategic in the things they do. But Jesus nonetheless says to them, you don't have to worry. And so then he makes this point. Are you not of more value than the birds? Yes. The creatures, the creation, they all glorify God. Check out Psalm 148. Write it down. Go home and read Psalm 148. But Jesus is saying to us, listen, guys, you've got to realize there's something unique about you. You are made in the image of God. There's something unique that's different about humanity, right? Unlike anything that other creatures, anything else in all creation. Here's this hope. Listen, the reality is all people are made in the image of God, right? Not just Christians, not just Jewish people. It doesn't matter today if you came from the best home or the worst home or you don't even know where you came from. I want you to know today, listen, that the Word of God says you are made in the image of God. And that includes, right, Brother Todd Lutu, black men just like Greg Floyd. They're made in the image of God. Guess what? We need to stand up as believers and advocate for life from the womb to the tomb. All life. We are advocates of that. Why? Because all people are made in the image of God. And that's the heart of racism. It strikes ultimately at the glory of our Creator. It's, it's satanic in that sense to say, God, we're coming after your creation. What you have done. And so it's an attack on the glory of God and His image bearers. So Jesus says to us, listen guys. If God cares for the lesser things, the birds, will He not care for the greater things, you? Think about that for a moment. And maybe that leads you to a place where Peter says in 1 Peter 5 and 7, cast all of your anxieties and worries on Him because why? He cares for you, doesn't He? What good news. Now listen, not only are we more valuable, Jesus said, not only are we more valuable than other creatures, He tells us now that you're more valuable than the creation. Again, He's trying to combat the fear, the worry, the anxiety that so often rocks our souls. Look what He says, verse 28 of Matthew 6. And what, why are you anxious about clothing? Consider now, look at the second observation, the lilies of the field. He's talking about the flowers, the grass, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Solomon was so well known for his wealth and, and all of the things that he had. And he says, I want you to know that even Solomon in all of his glory and splendor wasn't even dressed like a flower of the field. Listen to what he says here. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Now, you've got to know about the grass of the field there in the ancient Middle East. And it's even there today, right? It's common that grass was used as fuel to fire the ovens, right? So they would use that. Je Jesus is saying to us, guys, 
grass, flowers, right? I mean, uh, I'm sure some of you have flowers that like maybe they bloom like once a year and it's like a day or two, right? I mean, it's just like, boom, it's quick. The grass here today, boom, it can be gone tomorrow. Sounds like what James is saying about our lives, isn't it? He calls us flowers quickly fading, right? He says we're like a, a mist that appears for a little while then vanishes, right? We are temporary and that's Jesus's point. If God would close the grass of the field, the flowers of the field that are so temporary, will he not take care of you? Do you not, do you not see your value? You're more valuable than, the, than any creature out there. You're more valuable than anything else in all of creation. Jesus is saying to you, you can leverage your life for the kingdom. Why? Because you are valuable. It's this moment of hope. Look what he says, guys. Right again, will he not much more clothe you? Right? I mean, he sees today. He knows your worries about your finances. He knows worries and concerns some of you have about parents or grandparents, maybe long-term care or nursing homes that are possibly coming. Maybe it's for some of you in your own future. He knows the fear maybe that you have today that so many in your family have, have walked the road of dementia or Alzheimer's or something in there, and you worry one day might that be me. He knows. He says, I want you to know, I will take care of you. I will meet your needs. Don't worry. Don't fear. And then he says this statement. Oh, you of what? Little faith. With those few words, Jesus pulls back the cover that we so often hide under with anxiety, fear, and worry. And he says that ultimately behind it is a lack of faith. There's unbelief happening in our hearts. Right? We're going to tackle that in a moment. I think the unbelief leads to a place that we wonder deep down, is God really good? But we see this moment, right? And we have to wonder, is God actually in control? And Jesus is saying, He is. He takes care of the creatures. He takes care of creation. You are the height of what He has created. He will take care of you. Listen, guys, that brings us to a place to say, but when I'm afraid, I'll what? I'll put my trust in you. I'll trust in you. But it shows us something else. Our worry, our sleepless nights reveal a deeper heart issue. And it's this fear that deep down we really wonder, right? Fear, anxiety drives us to a place that we begin to think maybe God is not good. You see them on the screen there. A couple of weeks ago, Emily made some brownies. Supreme triple chunk chocolate. That, I don't know if there's another kind, but there should not be. That should be the only one on the shelf, right? At the Jesse household, right there, there is. It doesn't matter if it's nine by thirteen, if it's twenty by twenty. It just does not last long. So, like literally, the next morning, there's two left, and it's breakfast, and we're not worried about anything healthy, right? We're just worried about who's going to get the brownie. And there's two left, and there's like, man, we're just like around that bad boy, like we're all like poaching, looking at each other. And one of the young men, I won't mention his name, over there grabs the random brownies and does the lick. He's raising his hand, right? I was like, bro, COVID or no COVID, I'm still eating the supreme triple chocolate chunk. But I think it brings up something, doesn't it? Shows us something. We all in life wonder, are we actually valuable enough to get even the last brownie? I mean, it may not be brownies for you, but you got some stuff you're worried about. You worry, are you valuable enough? Are you, like little old me, am I important enough that God would actually care about my health? I know, I agree, Caleb. That's what I'm saying to him, bro. Like, listen, I mean, like some of you are just wondering, right? 
You wonder, are you valuable enough? Are you important enough? Does God actually care? Will God actually bless me? Will He ever take care of me? And the truth is, God never tires. He never runs out of resources. This is an awesome, almighty, good God. And that brings me and you to a place to say, when I'm afraid, I'll put my trust in you. Listen to what Jesus says further. Verse 31 of Matthew 6. Therefore, again, we hear it for the second time. Do not be what? Do not be anxious. Hear that today from the Master. Don't be worried. Don't be fearful. Listen, i got anxiety and worries I'm struggling with too, just like you. I'm not here to say today I've got it all figured out. I'll, so preach, you're saying you're not anxious, you're not worried. No, I'm saying I deal with those things. I mean, the, the answer is not to try and figure it in and out myself and my own strength. It is to run to Christ and the cross. Today I'm compelling all of us to line our lives to the kingdom of God. Listen to what he says. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For, here's the reason why. What's he saying? What's behind this, Jesus? For the Gentiles... The other nations seek after all these things. They're seeking after the things of the world. All the worries, all the needs. That's how the world lives. Why do we not have to worry like the rest of the world? Look what he says. And, notice here, your heavenly Father knows What does he know? What does your heavenly father know? Listen to what he says. That you need them what? All. Isn't that a good help? That's a moment just to pause, isn't it? Your worry, your fear, your anxiety that's rocking the boat today. It's not too small and it's not too great. The Lord knows every concern, every need that you have. He sees and He knows. And Jesus is saying, listen, the reason why believers, we can seek the kingdom of God and trust the Lord is because our Heavenly Father knows what we need and He knows every single one of them. That is the place to rest today. Amen? That is a place of rest and hope. It is just a beautiful moment. And I I don't know about you, but that just when I read that text, that ushers me, it compels me to say, when I'm afraid, I will what? Put my trust in you. I'll trust in you. Now, you might hear all this and you think, well, listen, it's great that God loves the creatures and he takes care of them. It's it's beautiful that he loves the creation, like the flowers of the field takes care of them. But if I'm being honest, sometimes I just worry, like, am I even as valuable as them? I, I, I hear it, but like, Blake... How could I know that I'm valuable and that God is good? And where I want to land today, where I want to set that foundation is, it's in two times Jesus makes mention. It's in verse 26 that we already covered, and now here again you heard it in verse 32. And it's this statement, your heavenly Father. This is the truth that answers for us the question that you may be wondering or wrestling with in the midst of anxiety, worry, and fear. How can we really know? That I am valuable and that God is good. Like, how can I really know that? It's interesting. In Luke chapter 12, Luke records portions here of Jesus' sermon. And, but it's interesting how Luke finishes it. He records some words of Jesus that Matthew doesn't record. And listen to what he says in Luke chapter 12, beginning of verse 30. For all the nations of the world seek after these things. You heard it, right? He doesn't use the word Gentile. He uses the word nations. And your father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom and these things will be added to you. Fear not, worry not, anxiety-free, little flock. Why? 
Why, again, is he compelling us not to fear? You see the word there before. It is your father's good what? Good pleasure, good will to give you the kingdom. Right? I mean, you may be here today fearful and worried, and, and Jesus says to us, you do not have to fear. You do not have to worry. You don't have to live in anxiety. Why? Because the Father delights to give you the kingdom. And I have to ask this question, right? I mean, why, why would He want to give me the kingdom? The kingdom, right? I mean, Revelation 21, Revelation 22, there's no death there. There's no mourning there. There's no crying there. There's no pain. Revelation 22 sets before us that, that God the Father there is the Son. The Holy Spirit will see God face to face. I mean, all of this. Psalm 16 says, in your presence is fullness of joy, pleasure forevermore. Why would God delight in giving someone like me the kingdom? Right? That's what I worry. That's what I fear, right? I mean, there's this sense of, I'm unworthy of that. Why would God give us the kingdom? And what does that have to do with our value and God's goodness? And the answer is because of how you and I enter the kingdom. The truth is none of us here are fit for the kingdom. We're not. Not only because we have worry and anxiety and fear that so often rocks us. And, and it's the reality is we chase all the things of the world. We've tried to find pleasure, right? And we like that old country song, you're looking for love, what? In all the wrong places. We're all guilty. We've all strayed. We have all gone after it another way. And the truth is, no amount of trying to stop or do better will be able to ever take away your sin. You'll never qualify to enter the kingdom as you are. Why? Because the kingdom is a place without sin. Hallelujah. But that means only sinless people enter there. And none of us are. But there's good news. And the good news is this. There is a good heavenly Father. That's the place to anchor. That's the place today. Again, as we share here, some of you, again, this is for some of you, this is a reminder, a call to you that you need salvation. You need the life that Christ can give. For others of you who have been believers for five years, ten years, maybe fifty years, you need to be reminded of what your faith means, of what's so important about Christ. Listen, here's the good news. While you and I were not good, the good Father sent His Son. Amen? The good Father sent His Son. And the Son, listen, He didn't live for the treasures of this world. In fact, what we see in Jesus' life was a life of poverty. And yet, listen, the good news is because He never sinned, He could take on our sin. He could take upon our shame there on the cross. He dies on the cross bearing God's wrath, God's judgment towards sin. Listen, that's the good news. God is so good that He sends His Son to die for you while you're not good. It is the place of, listen, of fear, of worry, of anxiety that you wonder, am I valuable? Why? Because your health doesn't get better. Your finances haven't changed. That relationship didn't go the way you had hoped it would go. You have all of these things colliding with your life to say you must not be valuable. If God really cared, surely He would have done that by now. And that's why you and I have to bring out the trump card the rook card, the red one, right? Whatever you're, you're, you're playing and say, the truth is only Christ can satisfy God. Listen, it says to us, not only is God good, it reveals the true value of His Son. His Son is the only one valuable enough to be able to make us qualified for the kingdom. He dies in our place, but not only does He die on the third day by the power of God, He's raised again What's the resurrection? Why does it matter? It declares God's accepted that sacrifice, the payment for sin. And God considers the Son to be so valuable and His payment so sufficient. 
that in Christ you become so valuable that Jesus says you can now enter the kingdom. Is that not a place of hope? A place of joy? Fear not, little flock, for it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's only in Christ that we find our true value today. You're wondering, am I valuable? If you keep looking to your own life, you're not ever going to find the value you're after. The true value is who we are in Christ. We are loved despite our sin. We are rescued despite our rebellion. Only in Christ can God have true, this good pleasure. Only in Christ can God have this joy to give someone like you, someone like me, the kingdom. Why? Because we stand in Christ, forgiven, redeemed. The Spirit of God now indwells us by faith to live the life Christ has called us to live. And as Paul says in Romans 8, if God has given to you and I the greatest thing, His Son, will He not also give you everything else as well? Because God has shown Himself faithful, beloved. I, I've got to land somewhere, and that is when I'm afraid or anxious or worried, I'll put my trust in you, God. You've proven yourself faithful. You have proven yourself to be good. You have shown my true value, and it was by sending your son for me when I was not good. It's the hope of rescue and redemption. So if that's who we are, we're truly valuable, and we are truly, right, our God is good, and we find our value in Christ, and today we need to, as we launch out to leave, we need to say, well, how might I, right, how might I begin to combat worry? Like, like it's real. It, it happens, right? I mean, this, I love hearing this, but that doesn't mean that my fears and worries and anxieties have all just, poof, gone in this moment. How might I battle it? It continues to come back. It may be better in this moment. I don't know about you, but you have moments when it's better. And then, like, man, the next day, it's just like rocking you again. Right? I mean, so again, I, I want you to hear this is a struggle that you and I, we're going to labor with until the grave. But maybe there's three things that I would compel you in light of this text, how you could combat worry, fear, and anxiety. The first, Jesus says, is seek first the kingdom. Seek the kingdom first. Listen again. But, remember, so he says, but seek first the kingdom, right? He just said in verse 32, listen, the Gentiles, they run after all the worries and the fears and anxieties. And he says, and yet your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. And he says, well, here, how should we live then, Jesus, if that's the case? But seek first, hear that, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So we're called, right, to seek first, right, to put it as our first priority, the kingdom of God and God's righteousness. And the good news is everything else will be added to us as well. We're to replace. Listen, it's not just simply like we need to stop, like, seeking the treasures of this world. We're to replace them with something else. We're replacing them with new pursuits, new passion, new desire. And I want you to know that you cannot do that on your own. That is only the power of Christ in you. It's clear, right, whether we are living, we're either living, Jesus says, for ourselves or we're living for God. You're either living for the treasures of this earth or you're living for the treasures of heaven. It's this illustration here. You've probably seen it, right? It's tried and true, but it's the question of like, if I seek first the kingdom, then how could I really know, right? I mean, that's, that's what the disciples are wrestling with. That's what the audience, the crowd here is wrestling with. And it's likely, right, when you think about this, this, this jar here and what you need to do, right? You've got some, a lot of smaller stuff here and you've got these big rocks. And the thought probably is by many, listen, I, I need to live my life and, and whatever my fears, my worries, I've got to get out there and get after those things. I've got to find a way to fix those, solve those. And so I'm going to do my best 
to get all those in there. I'm trying not to get all this all over the carpet. Man, we try to get that all we can, all day long. And then, oh man, oh no, 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 I've got to live for the God's kingdom. And so we begin to think, well, what do I need to do? And I I need to be serious about reading the word. And man, I need to be out there sharing the gospel with people. And I'm just realizing the people over there may not be able to see this. I didn't think through this very well. Right, and... (laughs) No, I'm good now, hopefully. Right, and we begin to live for the kingdom. And the problem is, each day... We start to run out of room. And just like, man, I, God, I'll, I'll, I'll do better tomorrow. And the danger is tomorrow we get up and start worrying again about all the fears and worries and anxieties. And I think Jesus is showing us there's a different way. A way that we could do this. Oh, no. It's stuck. There we go. And, and the different way is this is that instead of starting out with all the small stuff, this works so much better on the back porch today. Because Jesus says, listen guys, put in the big rocks first. Seek the kingdom. I know, I know it doesn't seem to make sense right now in your life. It seems you should be worried, you should be fearful, you should be anxious about so many things that you can't control, and you need to get up each day, and that needs to be your priority, and get after those. But the truth is, man, if if you will seek first the kingdom, Jesus says that the Father, all these other needs and worries that you have, says, oh, God will take care of those. I'll take care of those. So I, again, I, I don't know what you're doing, right? Maybe just ask, maybe just a simple question in, in, in response to that. Like, what's one thing right now in your life that needs to change to seek first the kingdom? Like, just one change that you can make, right? A, a big rock that you've been putting aside, right? I don't know what it is for you, but you need to make some changes. And I want to challenge you right now to, to find someone hold you accountable, whether that's somebody in your family, maybe they're in the living room with you or in the church this morning. Maybe it's somebody in your small group or a Sunday school class. Maybe it's another believer that you work with that you can hold accountable and they can hold you accountable. I want to challenge you. What is one change that needs to happen in your life that you could seek first the kingdom? Secondly, Jesus says to us, again, if we're to combat worry, it's this. Focus upon today. Listen to what he says, verse 34, Matthew 6. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Jesus says, listen, don't worry about tomorrow. Why? Because the day has enough things to worry about in its own, right? I mean, like, you need something else to worry about? That's what he seems to be saying, right? Like, I mean, you don't have enough worries. You don't have enough fears, enough anxieties, everything else going on today. He says, listen, researchers tell us that 85% of the things that we worry about never happen. I don't know if that's right or not, but some of you out there are probably worry warts. You're like, yeah, but the other 15%, those are the ones you got to watch. They'll get you, right? I mean... Listen, Jesus is also, I think, implying something else. It's, it's, it's really important. And he's saying that, listen, the grace for today is sufficient. And if you live to see tomorrow, guess what? There'll be grace for tomorrow that will be sufficient. And so all of us today, listen, I'm speaking to my own self here today too. We need to stop spending today's grace on tomorrow's worries. You with me? 
We're spending today's grace, the grace that God's given us just for today. And we're worried about everything coming on the horizon, everything that we can't control that's colliding with our lives. And Jesus says, listen, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow will be anxious by itself. If you live to see tomorrow, then there will be grace for tomorrow. There will be strength for tomorrow. Just live today. Focus upon the grace that God's given you today. Be faithful where you are to seek first the kingdom, third and last. Realize, Jesus says, according to verse 27 here in the text, worry doesn't help. Jesus says worry doesn't help. Verse 27 of Matthew 6. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Listen, you don't have to read a book. You don't have to pay for a counselor. The wonderful counselor is telling you some truth. Worry doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't help. Listen, I don't know about you, but I have this tendency to let my mind like just race. Have you ever your mind just like race? Right? You start wondering, like, well, what if I get COVID? What if my mom gets COVID? Right? I mean, like, you start wondering, like, what if my child dies? And you start imagining, like, these just terrible, like, awful things that could possibly happen. Maybe you wonder, like, at times, like, what if I fail this class? What if this doesn't go well? What if I end up losing my job? Or what if I don't get my job back after this? What if I get hurt? Or what if I struggle with dementia? Or what if things get worse? Or what if we have to put mom or grandma maybe in, in the nursing home? Like, I mean, all of these things. Like, you just start, man, they just start coming up. And it's like, just like suffocating on your life. And I think Jesus here is just saying, listen, guys, this worrying about all this doesn't do any good. In fact, health experts would tell you the worry and stress is actually detrimental to your health. So instead of worrying, what can we do? And this is where I want to leave you with. So when the crazy stuff runs through my mind, right, and I, I'm not going to throw out all the crazy stuff at times that runs through my mind, but I, I have some of that stuff that runs through my mind. And just it, it, it can derail me for minutes, even pushing hours at times, just like Right? I wonder right now, sometimes even like behind the mask, like what, what are they perceiving of me, right? How do, they, how do they think about this? Are they mad? Is that why their face looks like this? Why are they not like, what are they, I mean, you start worrying. All, even as you're preaching, you're dealing with worries and fears by what's happening by the faces that are in here, right? Like, why is that person asleep? They not, like, no, I'm just kidding. But nonetheless, right, we have all these worries and these fears. And here's a verse that Philippians 4 and 8 that absolutely God has used in my life to strengthen me. Finally, brothers, whatever's true, Whatever's honorable, whatever's lovely or just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable. If there's anything excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, he says, think that word indicates to meditate about these things. So the moment that you have this, this thought of what's going to happen or what's, what may take place and these things that you can't control, you have to come back and say, God, the truth is, here's the truth. I can trust you. I know that you'll be faithful, Lord, even when I'm afraid I put my trust in you. I know, Lord, if that day does come, God, you'll give me sufficient grace for that to face it too. And some of the stuff, listen, I mean, if you're like me, you start imagining things that happen, like that it could happen. It just, it just derails you. You wake up and you had this messed up dream and the rest of the night you're in the bed wondering what would happen, right? And you're having all these thoughts and scenarios. And the Word of God says we've got to replace those with the truth of God's Word. Is that true? It's not even true. And it's robbing us of sleep. It's robbing us of peace. John Piper shares several others that I want to share with you in closing. Maybe some of you are here today and you're thinking about some type of new risk new venture right that you're going to go out to or maybe something god's calling you to do and you're just not sure today man i don't know if i could ever do that god i don't I, god i don't know if i could go back to school god i don't know if i could do that god i don't know isaiah 41 and 10 again this is how you battle worry and anxiety you replace it with the word of god fear not for i am with you 
Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Some of you have decisions to make about the future. And when you think about those decisions, the fear, the anxiety, the worry just begins to come over you like a dark cloud. Listen to what the Word of God says in Psalm 32 and 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Some of you, again, in hearing Brother Todd this morning, hearing some from this text, you realize there's a call to face some opponents, to speak truth in the midst of a culture where there's all kinds of chaos, to speak up and out, and you're fearful of what that may cost you or what others may think. I want to remind you of Romans 8 and 31. Again, we battle the unbelief with the Word of God. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, what? Who can be against us? Some of you here today, you're battling fear of being sick. Maybe you've got underlying health issues and they can't figure out what's going on. Or maybe you've gotten a diagnosis by this point and it's, it's, it's seeming crippling to you. And you're, you're fearful of what's going to happen of being sick. Romans chapter 5 verse 3 begins, We rejoice in our sufferings knowing that our suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. And he says, because God has poured out His love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. That is, beloved, that's a place that you have to hope in the midst of suffering, is that God is going to bring something good, and He's going to bring you in it, through it, or maybe into His kingdom. I don't know. But we've got to trust some of you here. It's not only about getting sick. Maybe you're just fearful about getting old. Things hurt. You can't do what you once did. Your strength that you maybe had as a young man or a young woman. Things that you were able to do at some point, right? Things no longer work like they used to, right? I mean, even when you get up in the morning, you can't just rise and shine. You've got to kind of roll and whine, right? I mean, there's just some challenges to life of getting older. And you're fearful. You're anxious. You're worried. Where does this lead? Will I end up in the nursing home? Where's, where's my life going to lead? You've you're, you got some real concerns about getting old. I want you to battle those worries, fears with the Word of God. Listen to what he says here in Isaiah 46. Even to your old age, I am He. And to gray hairs. You need to praise God you've got some gray hairs. You can be bald like some of us brothers in here. And to gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made and I will bear. I will carry and will save. Others of you are dealing not only with getting old, you're, you've got some anxiety, fears, worries about death. And listen, if you don't know the beloved Savior... You, you better be terrified of death. Hebrews 9 and 27 says that you are destined to die once and after that to face judgment. The wrath and judgment of God will come upon you unless you escape and come under the precious blood that makes you as white as snow. It forgives and cleanses every stain. So this I speak not to unbelievers this morning, but to believers. If you're dealing with fears of worries of death, I want to encourage you in Romans 14, beginning in verse 8. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Hallelujah. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be both Lord of the dead and the living. Beloved, you may die in a room all alone. But if the Lord's with you, you'll never die alone. Are you with me? And if you're not in Christ, you may die in a stadium full of people singing your praise. But if you don't have Christ, you die alone. Last, some of you here are dealing with fears about shipwrecking your faith. God, what if I just, God, what if I throw in the towel? God, what if I just fall away? God, what if, what if, Lord, I just, I want to encourage you to battle that unbelief, battle those fears, those worries with the Word of God. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it unto the day of completion of Jesus Christ. 
God, he says, what God starts with you, he's going to finish. Finally, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23 and 24. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you say, but Blake, look at me. How could I be kept blameless? And Paul almost knows that you and I are going to say, I don't know about that, bro. And he says to us in verse 24, he who calls you is faithful. He will what? He will surely do it. GBC, what do you do when you're afraid or worried? I think the word of God clearly calls us to say, when I'm afraid, when I'm worried, when I'm anxious, I will put my trust in you. Would you pray with me? Father, in the strong name of Christ, we come praying, O oh God, today that you would strengthen us. Lord, right now we confess in this room there are many fears, worries, anxieties. But God, we trust in you. Father, I thank you that you care for your creation, you care for your creatures. Lord, we know that our true value, we're greater than those because you gave your son for us. You are a good father. Lord, today we hope not in ourselves, of our own strength, our own resources, but we hope today in God alone, in Christ alone. Father, thank you for loving us. I pray now today that you will strengthen my people, God. Strengthen your people, O Lord. Sustain them, O God. Give them endurance. Keep their faith strong, Lord. And I pray the moment they have fear or worry, God, I pray they will replace it by battling it with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I pray this for the glory of Jesus Christ. In His name I pray, amen. This morning, maybe you have things that you want to talk about, fears, worries, anxieties. Brother Todd and I will be outside. Maybe some of you in here, maybe need to talk about your faith. You've got some real concerns about dying because you, you've yet to repent and believe upon the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. I'm going to compel you with all I have today. You need to stop and talk, most importantly to Him. We would love to talk to you. There's other believers in this room. Maybe somebody you came with. You need to talk today about that relationship. It's good to see you guys. This is Todd Young with Greensburg Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us today. If you've accepted Christ during today's podcast, we would love to hear from you and connect you with a home church in your area. Or if you have questions regarding a relationship with Christ, Brother Blake and I would love to speak with you. Please contact us at the church office at 270-932-4495 or connect with us through our website at greensburgbaptist.com. In addition, you may visit our website anytime to access the sermon videos and podcast of any recent sermon. You may also subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store. Have a great day today.